But uh, before we get started, I do want to say I appreciate you taking the time to do this shit, bro. Cause nigga, you him in terms of this two K shit. So yeah, oh, that's you. That's you. I'm just here. Nah, hell nah, hell nah. Don't do that. Don't I'm do that. Here. You hear this, nigga? Shine. I, I came up. I came up watching Man Man yeah. videos. Man Man, they come up watching this my videos. <laughs> bro, right, stop. You know Don't do that, bro. Man, you know how many people that I didn't encounter since I met this man that say that shit. Like, oh yeah, I ain't really get to introduce myself. I'm a DJ, bro. I work with artists. Uh, I did a lot of mixtapes in my area, my region. I manage artists. Uh, I'm in Mississippi. I'm out of Jackson. That's fire. That's fire. Man, man, was that dude? I, I, I didn't had this talk with him before about this shit. I didn't had this talk with him before. Niggas, all right, hey, run the intro. <laughs> <laughs> hey, it's my nigga though, famous. You my nigga though, bro. You, hey, you be you be lacing me with some game though, bro. Like for real, for real, and I, I do appreciate it for real. Get ready to turn that shit off and t- t- turn this shit up. R- Rap Games the podcast is now live, live with, with, with real convos and real insights, t- t- touching bases with who and what you love to stream with Man Man, Grind Hard, and D- DJ Young Sean. DJ Young Sean checking in, and I got my brother. Man Man, Grind the Fuck Hard. And today we have a special guest. Uh, Man Man, can you please introduce the guest for the day? We got, I don't even know where to start because we go way, way back, way back. If I'm being completely honest, when I first uh, started like with my YouTube shit, Famous was like one of the first people to like give me like an interview type shit. Now, and this was like way before the 2K League and I knew then like bro was on some different shit. We got Famous enough in the building. Appreciate y'all for having me. That, that, you went all the way back. I forgot about that, bro. I I dead forgot about that. Yeah, that's crazy. That's crazy. Appreciate y'all for having me, though. So, as of right now, we all know famous enough is the general. What you the general manager for the uh the Miami uh Eagles sports team? Yeah, I'm general. I'm the general manager and the head coach uh for the Miami Heat esports team called Heat Check Gaming. And we we in the NBA 2K league, so we play 2K. Kind of give us uh, a rundown of like what your everyday like job consists of. So like this type of this type of feel like since this is like very very new, you gotta it's ran like a startup. So I'm like at the forefront of everything, right? So anything that's dealing with like say for say, say for instance, if somebody for the Miami Heat um, got a question about esports or or gaming or or something like that. They don't even have to be 2K. They gonna get in contact with me and be like, "What's this? This is the third. So it's it's a bunch of different hats, and like my my job requirements go far past than what's on paper. So it's just a bunch of different stuff. But right now we are in season right now. So um, right now we're just playing 2K. We uh for a championship, trying to get a championship right now. We're playing for 2.5 million dollars right now. 2.5 M. Yeah, yeah. It's a lot of money in gaming. A lot of money. So, as the Miami Heat right now battling in the playoffs to go to the finals, they esports team is battling to go. Well, y'all in the finals? We're we're in a it's, season just started. Type oh, shit. okay. So, we, so like while they going while they doing that, we 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 on the groundwork right now trying to get to the to the playoffs, just like they is type shit. 
let's take it back. Like, how did you end up as the GM, the coach for the Heat Check Gaming? Like, where did it start? So it's crazy because, like, um, I'm going to start all the way back from the start. So I was I was in the Army. I was deployed. I deployed twice. My second deployment, I was in uh, Kandahar, Afghanistan. And I am uh, go to, like, the USO. They got a bunch of games and uh, movies and stuff like that. So they had they had NBA 2K15 there. I went in there and brand new. Just came out, like, two days ago. And I'm, I started playing it. That's when I figured I was good at the game. So when I came home... I started playing 2K a little bit, right? Um, but, you know, we all went through that little phase where we were trying to do, do the road to the finals thing where it was for the 250K. So everybody was putting teams together and they was trying to grind that. But I noticed there was uh, something that was missing in this because when that one, th- whatever team made it to the finals and won, they got all the coverage. And they won the 250K. This, who came in second place, they didn't win nothing. So I'm like, we grinding, we putting all this work in, and and the people that don't make it, they just asked out. They don't get no looks, no nothing. So that's when Famous Enough came about, and Famous Enough was basically me saying, you famous enough being yourself. You don't have to be somebody else. Just just be you. And I was just trying to put faces uh, faces to names, and when it came to like giving people exposure. So Famous Enough came out. I started a new Twitter uh, account from zero to I'm at like, 38k now uh following 38,000 followers on there now i started from the bottom and like you said that's when i first hit you up to do an interview because i had the website going and i was trying to figure out how can i push people so that ended up happening and i switched to like youtube and i started doing um the the pro-am 2k pro-am sports center so it was like a whole pro-am sport like whole whole sports center look but it was just all about 2k players and so everybody wanted to be a part of that. So I started growing fast on uh, on Twitter and, and on YouTube at the time. <clears throat> fast forward, um, NBA 2K League is announced. And at first, I was like, cool, I'm going to blow up on YouTube. I wasn't even thinking about being a part of it. I just wanted to keep doing my YouTube stuff. I was like, I'm going to blow up on YouTube because I'll be the only person making the content for it, yada, yada, and the third. Like a month after that passed, I was like, you know what? I want to be a part. So I started like... Um, applying for for different positions on these teams. The first team that um, I got an interview with was the Kings. And it was like a viral moment because after I interviewed with them, uh, I noticed that the, the one of the Kings owners was, was an esports guy and he was big on Twitter. Like he was on Twitter a lot. So after I applied, I think I had like probably like 10,000, 12,000 followers on Twitter at this time. I just told everybody to tell them to hire me. And they were spamming his spamming his uh, his his mentions, and he sent me a DM like probably like 30 minutes after you know the, I put in that first tweet out, and he was like, "Oh my God, you have a lot of fans." He said, "Did you?" And he asked me if I applied, and I told him, "Yeah." He asked me what what my name was. I told him. Probably like 10 minutes after that, I get a a DM from like a burner account from a Kings employee asking me, um, telling me they about to pull my pull my application, yada, yada, third. I get an interview, do an interview with them. I go on a second interview with them. I'm thinking it's good. I get an email back saying that they looking somewhere else. I was like, cool. At that point, I, my mom, I wanted to quit everything. I was like, I, maybe I don't, I'm not built for this, yada, yada, third. This was like August of uh, 2017, August 
Um, but I, I kept going for some odd reason. I kept going, and in December, I mean not December, my bad, January 2018. Uh, ben Spoon, um, the CEO of Misfits Gaming, he uh, messaged me, and he was just like, it was like a stern message too. It was just like, what's your email? No, he was like, uh, he was like, email me, email me your phone number, just like that. So he sent me his email. I emailed him my phone number, and I'm waiting. I'm waiting. I'm like, okay. So I, I messaged him back. I said. I sent it, and it just said at the bottom red type shit. And I'm like, dang, he just he dubbed me, <laughs> he he dubbed me. So uh, he the next day, he uh he called me. He called me the next day. He was like, I'm gonna do an interview. Uh, yada yeah, on third, we on the phone for like 45 minutes, and it, it wasn't it didn't feel like an interview. It just felt like I was talking to somebody that I knew. Oh, let me back up. So Ben Spoon at the time, well, still is at the, at this time, current time, they have a partner, Misfit Gaming have a partnership with the Miami Heat. So when Miami Heat was looking for esports, somebody to run an esports team, they reached out to Ben to vet people, and Ben stumbled up on, uh, stumbled up on me, and that's how he, that's why he, you know, he called me and this stuff to interview me or whatever. And so I'm talking to him. We talking for like 45 minutes. It seemed like I'm just talking to one of my homeboys. Like we cracking jokes and talking shit and cursing here and there and like I'm like this is crazy so he uh 45 minutes in he was like wait a minute um so what other teams are you talking to so I tell him the teams and it's a at, at the time it's about I think it's like five or six teams that um I was talking to at the time and uh and he was like oh man uh, I need to get you on the phone with um some executives for the heat and I was like okay cool sounds good so we get off the phone um that that the next morning I get an email from a Miami Heat account saying they're trying to get a scheduled interview for that day. So I tell them, you know, um two o'clock I get off work, I'll be home by two thirty, yada and a third. And it's a bunch of people on the email. It's a bunch of people that's like CC'd on the email. So while I'm at work, at the time I was working at like a, uh at the airport, when I was at work, I'm uh I'm on LinkedIn trying to see what they you know, looking up everybody's name, trying to see what they do and all this other stuff, figure everything out. Get ready for the interview. They call me. It's like this uh this big figurative voice that's talking to me. Uh, Michael McCullough. Uh big, big he the big dog. He run the marketing department for the Heat. He's the one who came up with like the white hot. He came up with the vice jerseys, the those vice jerseys. He came up with all that stuff. So he's he's the he's the big dog. And um he asked me a question, then he put himself on mute. I answered the question, and as he's coming off mute, I can just hear a bunch of people in the background whispering and talking and stuff like that. So I, at this point, I figured that I am, in a, I am on the call with like 10 other people. There's like 10 other people that's there in Michael McCullough's office with him while he's interviewing me over the phone. So mind you, this is two days. This is first day Ben Spoon, second day Michael McCullough. Then 45 minutes in, the same thing. He asked me what other teams I'm talking to, and I tell him, tell him six teams. And at this time, what I'm talking telling him is, um, I had just got an email from a, one team saying that you know they that they moving forward without me. So my heart broke, and I'm but I've got to keep my emotions intact because I'm on on this call with with Michael McCullough right now, trying to you know pitch me, pitch myself to him type thing. So um, we we end up getting off the call. Um, a day passed by, and they sent me another email saying that to schedule another interview for for. So Monday it was Ben, Tuesday Michael had called me. So Wednesday went by, uh, I, didn't, I didn't hear nothing from him. On Thursday they sent me an email saying to schedule an interview for Friday. So all this happened in the span of four or five days. On so on, on the. the 
third and yeah, facts. You know what I'm saying? Because like all the other interviews that I've been on, they would tell me like they they get back to me and it'll take like a month. But these right here was going so fast. So on that Friday when I get back on a call with Michael Michael McCullough and everybody else from the Heat, um, he basically tell me we're gonna hire you. He's like, we don't normally do this. We like to bring people in and meet them in person before. But he's like, we we feel like we gotta jump on this opportunity with you before another team snag you. So we wanna hire you. We're gonna send you the paperwork, your contract, and everything, and so we can get it taken care of. So all this stuff happened like fast. On Saturday, I had a contract emailed to me to sign, and all all this other crazy stuff. So. I signed a contract. Um, two weeks later, they fly me out to Miami. Um, we shoot like a little promo video there. And then um, I come back home. I tell my, tell my boss, them, I was like, Yo, I, I, I think I need to put my two-week notice in. Because at the time, my boss, <laughs> at the, but it's, 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 it's trippy, though, because at the time, my boss at the airport, he had, they, are, they knew what I was going through. Like, they knew everything that was happening. And I even did interviews in his office um, at, at points in time. He was like, take my office if you got to get an interview with a team type thing. So when I was telling him, I, I think I got to put my two-week notice in, he's like, okay, cool. So the, when I put it in or whatever, when I tell him that, the next day I come to work, and he's like, you know what, just, 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 uh, we, we'll just call it a day right here for you. Um, you don't have to come back. He said, I, I'm, I'm going to value your two weeks notice and I'm going to take it. But I think you got bigger things to worry about and you need to uh, get prepared to start moving to Miami. And I was like, man, thank you. <laughs> thank yeah, you. I was, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm back to back home like next month, uh, next month, February the 21st. I moved to, uh, February 21st of 2018. I moved to Miami for good. I moved out there and I was, that was all she wrote. Draft was a month after that. Um, made it all, all the way to the finals in the first season. Um, we lost in the finals, but you know it was like a crazy, crazy step for me. And me making it that far to the finals in the first season just helped a lot of a lot of the people that I was close to um, get in as well. Because now you know they 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 knew that people that was that was in the community they knew what they was doing and what they was talking about. So they brought more people got brought in because of the, the stepping stone that I created. So it was like a crazy moment, bro. Like. The famous enough stuff is, is insane, but I'm just glad that I'm still going. Six seasons later, I'm still here. I'm really blown away because I I didn't know the process, how it happened, the way you explained it. I remember the beginning, but yeah. then it's like it became like a blur. You feel yeah. I me? Mean? Like to me, because it's like, bro, it happened fast, bro. Because I remember it was an uproar in the community when the league was first announced. Because they was like, bro, famous gotta be a part of the 2K yeah. league because. He created it. It was like he backboned it. He created it, the buzz around it. He kept all the players together. Like, how could you not be a part of it? Yeah. And shit, when we heard it was Miami, we were like, yo, yo, shout out Miami because they got one, bro. Like, they got <laughs> one. And then y'all went to the finals the first year. So what was that, what was that like, going to the finals in the first year? It was crazy because, um, you know, we started off slow. Um, so... It's always you always gonna second guess yourself when you get in these type of uh in these these environments and in these rooms and stuff like that. So I I was definitely second guessing myself if I can do it or not. But when we went on that run and you know we was we we won like eight nine games in a we won like we won five games in a row because first season was only a fourteen game season. We won five games in a row and then. We was able just to stamp and pick, basically pick how we wanted to, who we wanted to play in the finals type thing. So it was it was crazy. The, but you know what though, people never tell you this. 
when when that confetti fall and it ain't for you, that shit hurt. <laughs> <laughs> That that shit that that right there hurt. People never tell you that. Like you, you all they always talk to the winners. The the, the losers they never they they never talk about that because we, after we lost, um, you know the guys went upstairs and, and I'm the fearless leader that got to go up there and talk to them and tell them everything got to gonna be alright. But you know I'm I'm walking up the stairs and I got tears in my eyes right and I'm like I gotta I gotta get myself together because I just lost it. Like confetti just fell on me. So I got the tears in my eyes, and and I get in a room, and I know I, I know they got tears in their eyes when they when I you know what I'm saying. So I got to make sure I'm composed and and tell them you know everything gonna be good, you know, boom boom boom, you know. So I get myself together, and as soon as I walk in, and one of the hardest people on the team got tears in his eyes, and I'm like, damn. So I'm like, I'm you know I'm explaining to him like shit gonna be cool, you know we we still won a hundred thousand dollars, you know, so we still won a lot of money. We ain't win all of it, um, cause season one it was a season one was on a million dollar prize pool, and um, I think the winners got like two fifty, two hundred fifty thousand, and losers got a hundred k. So that's on top of their salary. So my players still took home. Sixty, seventy thousand dollars. You know what I'm saying. So it's still a lot of money that they was taking home, but it wasn't the money that they was looking for. You know, so um, it, you know, it's, it's it was a bless, it's a blessing to to go all the way to the finals. You know, it's a lot of people that can't that that can't say that they can say that they did that. You know, so I'm I'm just blessed to do it. Got a good ass team this year, so hopefully we we back there and we win it this time. What was that bounce back season like after going to the finals? So the, the that season after that was so tough, bro. Because like when you go to the finals, you feel like you have the pieces. You just gotta work the edges. You know what I'm saying? You just gotta get the and um it, it just with, with us picking so late in the draft because we still needed a point guard in that first season. I mean, second in the second season, we still need a point guard. So it, we we couldn't get one with us picking in like the back of the draft, and, and it wasn't there. And so season season two was 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 tough. It was it was rough. Um, we I don't, we didn't even make the playoffs in season two, so it was a big ass drop off for us. And we just, you know, I'm just I just try to keep keep my composure. Boom, boom, boom. Season three come around, and that's that's the COVID year. So that's it. That makes that was even tougher. That that's when COVID first hit and everything was on lockdown. This was the first time that we uh the league we wasn't traveling at all. Everybody was playing from um their own home market and their own their, their, their training facility. It was remote gameplay, so it was tough. It was like this, this, that's the crazy part because people think you, you're doing video games, yada yada. It's so fun, boom, boom, boom. No, this shit is this shit is hell. <laughs> this shit is hell because you got to be on your p's and q's all the time, and everybody think they every the people that's watching think they better than the people that's playing, and, and you can't even explain to them why they not type shit. So it, it's 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 the 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 ups and downs of the league. Uh, have got some good men. It has taken out a, a bunch of good men. I tell you that. Now I've I've never had the opportunity to play in the league. You feel me? So I don't know. From the outside looking in, how different is it? Just being a casual two K player that think they you know able to play in the league versus what it really take to be in the league. Like what's the difference between a everyday casual two K player and a league player? So it's 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 different, right? It's it's most of this part, most of it is is mental. Um, you got to have like a a crazy mental capacity 
to to play in this league because everybody's good, like for sure. Everybody everybody here is good, right? But once you once you start losing, right? Once you start losing and you're practicing every day, six, seven, eight hours a day, and you losing all the time in practice. So you gotta go home after after losing for eight hours straight. Get up in the next morning, knowing that you about to go back, go back into that practice facility and lose all day again. Again, uh, it, it can wear out your mental. But when it comes to like skill set, uh, from the casual to the pros, um, it's a big ass gap, and I don't think people realize that uh, until they actually have to play it. Because for for one for one, we don't play the same game that that um, you know everybody play. Um, we we call it two different things. So what everybody play, we call retail. We call that retail. But what we play, we call a league bill. It's, it's a, a totally different game. It's not on the – what you have, like 2K23, it's not, it's not connected to it. It's its own separate game. Um, it's a lot harder to shoot. Um, the pockets that, that you would normally be green, they're, they're starting to they're, – they're like yellow. That's some yellow. If you play 2K, you know what I mean when I say it's a yellow shot. Um, the, those yellow shots that you would get are, are now red. They're red, so you they're smothered um, on the league bill. Um, we're uh, this year was, was the first year that we did, we got 99 overall bills. We used to have like in season one it was like 92. Um, season four was like a 95. Um, but now we got 99 overall bills. We don't have no Gatorades, no boosts. Uh, we still got the same adrenaline boost that y'all got, but you know everything is like limited. We don't have like the like the the Russell Westbrook, uh, we don't have none of them dribble packages like that. Those are out the game. There's only there's certain certain ones in the game, but certain ones are out the game because they're too op. So something like the Russell Westbrook shit is too op, so it's not in the game. Um, all the jump shots not in the game. Um, all the, we we just got Oscar. We like the the six eights and six nines. They just got Oscar like two weeks ago. Um, the for the, for the jump shot, they just got the Oscar. So they we didn't have that before. So. It's it's a lot tougher. You gotta be you gotta really lock in to figure out what what's your, the perfect six animations for you because everything's we don't have everything that the retail game have. What is practice like for a NBA two K league team? So practice practice is uh film work sometimes. Um I'm not gonna say we watch film all the time, but we do watch a good amount of film. We do pay a lot of money for uh for uh, this this film program called Synergy, um, we play a lot of money for that. It's the, it's the way NBA teams use, so we we got that as well. It's a it's a it's a few racks to have, so we we definitely utilize that. Uh, but on a, on the most part, it's just a lot of just scrimming scrimming against other teams that's in the league. We just pray, basically playing against other teams in the league, trying to figure out what what areas we need to work on. So. I try to keep the guys uh I try to schedule about between four to six hours. The first season it was I was O D. It was like eight, ten hour type days. But now I notice that, you know, once we get too deep into it, we're not we're not actually getting better from anything. We we're just going through the motions once it's just hours on hours on hours. So I try to schedule about between four to six hours of scrims. And if the guys themselves feel like that we need to stay and, and find some more scrims, find some more teams to play against, then we'll we'll do that. But I don't I don't want to overwhelm them personally right now. So I, I don't I don't. Um we do everything together. We we go there, we go to the practice facility together, we leave together, you know, type shit. So it's all about that that off the court, you know, bonding that, that the guys get because if you it's, it sounds so crazy because it's video games, but if you have a certain type of bond off the court, 
it translate uh, on the court, uh, you know, on the game. It translate while you're while you're playing. So we we try to make sure that everybody's good. You know, we nobody hates each other. That's and that's just part of the drafting process for me to make sure that the right personalities are together. And I think this year is one of the best ways I've did it with with the draft my draft to make sure the personality is right, and it's been working. So what's that process like? Um, scouting and finding potential draft picks. It's hours and hours of my fiance hating me because I have to I have to watch Twitch all day, every day, um, during my off season. So my off season is, is from September to like January. And so that whole that whole time frame I gotta watch Twitch all day, every day. So if we land in bed, I gotta have my iPad uh, on my lap with Twitch going. Um, and putting my draft board together, you know, getting seeing seeing what works. But the main part about it, though, is for me is is personality. So I, I try to look and see how how they interact with people on Twitter. Um, how what's their com- communication like on the game? If there's a live event, <clears throat> I make sure I go to it. Like me and you went to shout out to Man Man for going up to Dallas with me. Uh, I make sure that we uh I go to live events to see how people interact in person. Um, are they are they salty after they lose? Um, do they come to the next day if they lose? You know, um, or, or are they interacting with the people around them? Because you you want you don't want it you don't want those people that are just cut off to the side and, and grumpy all the damn time. Because you got these people got to live together for six months. They got to live together for six months. So you got to make sure you put people together that's going to actually like fuck with each other and and not be bitter and. And talking about each other in group in group chats, uh, you know, you know how shit is like how two K community is. They get to talking shit about each other, and I try to avoid that by making sure the personality that I that I got match up. Not too many alphas on the team. Um, sometimes you need sometimes you need a quiet person on the team to offset one of the alpha personalities, and that's just the way. That's just one of the building blocks for me when I come when I start building my team together during the off season. Okay, you touched on like what you do to like pick your players and stuff, how would you rate how hard your job be as a, as a GM or a coach? Stressful, bro. Um, I was in the Army, and I, I, I deployed twice. I was in dead, dead war zone type shit, right? And this is the most stressful job I've had is, is doing this um, because it, it's, I'm, I'm getting these, these, young, these young players at a young age, and I'm, I'm having to mold them into, into men. And I always tell my players that um, if you leave here after this season and the only thing that you've learned from me is 2K, then I failed you. I want to give you life lessons on on saving your money. I want to give you life lessons on how to invest your money. I want to give you life lessons on on being a better man type shit. You know, that stuff like that. So it's a, it's a lot rougher than the Army because even though even though I'm around, I was around the people every day in the Army, I didn't have to live with them and, and, and care for they care for them type thing, you know. Uh, you know, they, people had their own ways, but but here's just it's just a lot different. It's a lot different. Um, it's stressful as hell when you start losing because you you dealing with 18, 19, 20 year olds, and you got to un- let them know that hey, it's just a loss. Let's move on. But that's not how they look at it. They lose and they feel like it's the end of the world. So it's it's it's, it's different things that I got to implement. When when the when the losing streak happens or a winning streak happens, because it's never too high, never too low type thing. So this is the most stressful job I've had. I want to salute you on like what you just said because I can relate as far as like being an A and R, being a manager, uh, 
like in the music industry, we tend to go for like the younger, you know, kids or the younger people um, that's doing music and they got talent and they just be starting off life. So they don't have the knowledge of, like you said, saving money or knowing that you can lose and win tomorrow. You feel me? So I want to commend you on that. Um, One more thing I wanted to ask you. uh, No problem. No problem. One more thing I wanted to ask you is uh, if you can change anything about the league, what would it be and why? Um, more more focus on mental health. Um, uh, they're, they're starting to get around to it. Um, the, these 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 players they go through a lot through the season because you know they only on six month contracts, right? So, um, one loss to them could feel like the end of the world because they might not get brought back next year because of a loss, and they and that that's that can weigh heavy on their heart. Um, over like like the last year year or so, the league has got really really better at this. Uh, I think because I I brought it to their attention last year that that they need to you know dive more into the mental health because these these players are going through hell um, through these wins and losses. And you know you know how on sports right we watching we watch sports right and you get on Twitter and somebody misses a shot and somebody loses a game and and and, and, and Twitter is just ramming on these people and these are millionaires type thing right so they can they can just they can understand and kind of just push away from it right but when when these players go through that and the same thing happened where they miss a shot or they we lose it they lose a game or something and they getting you know bombed bombed that on Twitter it's hard for them to disconnect from it it's hard for them to disconnect from it so the the main thing is is the mental health part it is mental health awareness month right now and the league is doing a very very good job of pushing my health uh to to these players and, and let them understand that they they do have help out there if they need to talk to somebody and that's one of the main things that so, I mean, me being in the army before bro i i didn't know when i was depressed because i had never been through that i was in, i was i was from i'm from fifth ward in houston texas so i i didn't know what being depressed meant i didn't i didn't know what uh being you know i, I didn't know what that meant i just thought i was just having my day wasn't going good, but then the next day was the same thing. Then the next, and I didn't know how to ask for help. I didn't know if a man was supposed to ask for help for this type of stuff. I never knew that. Uh, um, when I was in Afghanistan, my one of my close friends died, and that's when it hit me that yo, you got to get somebody to talk to. And so when I went through that, I knew from that point on that I'm not the only person to go through this because more people was going through this as well. So when I get these young players in, I, I ask them all the time. I'm like, how you feeling? Are you are you good? Your your mind good? You know, mentally, are you there? Because sometimes you gotta just come out and fl- just flat out ask them, like, are is your mental health good? And, and some people get taken aback by it because people don't ask them that. But if I see you and I feel like I need to ask you if your mental health good, I'm gonna do it. And and that's just that's one of the biggest things that the league needed to work on. But they they are doing it now, so I commend them on it. It's dope. It's dope. Cause like I said, I can't relate to that. Like right now, I manage a a young female artist, and um, you know how it is in in black homes. Like some yeah. grow without dad, or like you said, being from certain uh, communities, like we don't know when we depressed or going through yeah. something because we're not taught that in school um, to go to a therapy or go to therapy or therapist or have somebody to talk to. Like we bottle a lot of this stuff in, especially being you know young black men. Like we don't. Like, I grew up without a dad, so me coming to another man, like, telling them, like, bro, my mind messed up, or I need help, or, you know, anything like that, we feel, yeah. we feel, you know, down, we downgrading ourselves, so 
I really want to commend you for real, for real on that. Uh, by you being a coach and a GM, like, what do you do for your team? Like, after a loss or after a stress of playoffs, do you get the guys together? Do y'all go out? Do y'all have drinks? Do y'all go out and eat as a team? Like, what do y'all do to like kind of relax from the pressure? So it's 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 that's one of the toughest things that I had to realize, like how to be a GM and then how to be a head coach because I got to do both. So when I'm when, it, when I'm being a GM, I got to think long term. I got to think like two years, three years down the line, right? When I'm being a GM, I mean, when I'm being a head coach, I got to think about now, like what's going to help us win now. But if it help us win now, so if I say what's going to help us win down the road, is is that going to is that going to interfere with helping us win now? So it's it's I got to juggle both of them and and figure out the common ground for it. So we do a lot of like team bonding stuff, right? We uh we, we go to escape rooms. Uh, uh, we'll we'll play like little card games, or we'll uh, the the guys that go, I don't know, like to what's uh, I can't remember what restaurant we went to out here. We went to some I can't remember. We'll go out to eat, and, and I I pay for it, you know. Um, if if we had a, a I think uh during the three v three time we had a, a a bad loss, uh, and I went and bought pizza the next day for our film session you know i came in with like five six pieces um i told them to come early they was they was feeling down um i walked in with the pieces and, and the drinks and stuff like that i was like let's just get comfortable uh we're gonna watch film for a couple hours we're gonna figure out what the hell we doing wrong like we're gonna figure out where where do we need to change stuff and, and that just loosened them up you know because like we just lost we just got, got our head kicked in and and they down because they you know they, that's heavy on their mind but when you come in and, and change the the aura of the room and then now we're starting to laugh and now now we're starting to crack jokes again now that loss that we just had is is behind us and we're able to keep move forward because of something so, as small as me walking in with pizzas and, and drinks type thing you know so it, it's just you just got to think of other ways to get their mind off of it. like for instance i don't i don't i don't tell these dudes to play 2k all the time i say when you're at home play a different game uh when we when we waiting on uh our next scrim block jump on fall guys play, play fall guys for for 20 minutes 30 minutes just to clear your mind off of 2k because even though it is our job we're we're around it so much that you do got to pull yourself away from it and I, I want them to pull themselves away from it at some point but be ready for the next day nah for sure that uh we had juice man on the last episode and he definitely said like when he's not creating content he's definitely playing something else because you know basically forcing yourself trying to get better or just yeah. playing something all week long is stressful and it'll yeah. break you and you'll get tired of it and then you know why you want to be tired of your job it's supposed to be fun You're supposed to yeah. love it shout um, out to juice man that's my dog <laughs> yeah definitely shout out to juice man he gave us a lot of game on the last episode um i seen you say on your video on one of your videos that you can't force like creating content yeah because the viewers can kind of see it in you that you're not enjoying it what do you enjoy about making it so a lot of my content is centered around 2k and you know i do a little bit of uh content creator stuff like that um i, I just enjoy informing people stuff bro because like when i was coming up if if man man, I, I kid you not, I, I'm not I'm not trying to gas you. I promise. I, I promise I'm not trying to gas this man. Man, come but, on, man. Come on, man. <laughs> if man man wasn't around back then, then motherfuckers would never have grand badges. Still to this day. 
nobody would have knew how to do it. So when I saw when I saw uh, people like Man Man putting videos out and just basically telling people how how to get this and get that, I was like, I want to do something like that because I don't want to I don't want to have game or have or have feel like quote unquote gems and and not share it with people, bro. Because you know that that's to me that's selfish as hell. But in the same sense, that's why I like creating content because I'm not a selfish person and I want to tell people how to make the NBA 2K League because the information out there how to make the 2K League, if you're not on Twitter and not in the community, you don't have no fucking idea how to make the 2K League. I want to tell people how, how to run uh, pro-level um, offenses, how to run pro-level presses, uh, full-court presses and stuff like that because people... A casual person, casual player, have no clue how to do that. They just go in the wreck, and they playing up playing against five people that are um, probably not even pros type thing, but they they are aspiring pros and they know how to do all that shit. But you are just a regular person that just came home from uh, working your regular job and just trying to hop on two K, hop in the wreck by yourself, and you just get matched up with people and you going up against people that's running two three zone and get and pressing you and you don't know how to beat it. So I'm, I want to help people learn how to play like the pros and not just be just a regular player. Like, if you want to learn how to do it, that's, that's the reason I do it, bro. Um, content is just a, uh, I, it's not a, a something that I'm getting rich off of in, a, in the least bit, but it's just something that I can do when I'm not, you know, putting game plans together or or getting ready for uh, the draft and stuff like that. And, so, and it's, it's just help people. It help people a lot. How often do players play different positions in the league? Is this uh is this something like a player choose to do or is it some more so of a culture? So it's it's a little bit of both. Um, I have this theory about uh because I had I had a player for season one and season two that can play all five positions, and when you get to that point where you can play all five positions, you're gonna you're gonna be able to play all five positions good, but you're not gonna be able to play not one of the positions great. But you know what I'm saying because you're you just you're you're just good enough to play every single one, but you're not playing one great, and and I realized that after season two that I um I I, I pigeonholed him by by just moving him from different position to position, and it was like a band aid to our problem because if if I if I fucked up a draft. And, and didn't get the right position or right players I needed, then I'd be like, I'm just gonna throw Majestic on, on on this right here. So I put him on a new position, and then there's another problem at another position. I'm like, oh fuck, then I gotta put Majestic on this position. So it's like a band-aid to a problem, but it's not a fix to the problem because he's just good enough to play every position, but he hadn't been able to master one because he was going from position to position. Um, but to answer your question, it's a it's more like a team thing um about positions and, and archetypes and stuff like that it, it, the team the team will come together and feel like what works best um there there's point in times where some teams that it's strictly up to the coach um I don't like to have this democracy type of atmosphere uh, when it comes to my team so I try to figure out let everybody have a voice and, and um just how they feel about what works best for us even if the player that's getting on on this said position or said archetype doesn't think it's the best for for him, uh, we kind of go for it as a team. Uh, if you if we winning, then nobody's gonna complain, right? But once you start losing, then that player that's on a, a position or archetype that he don't want to be on, then the complaints will start, and that's that's warning. You know, that's the that's the one of those ones. Okay, you're right, we're losing. Let's take a step back and see what's worked best. So it, it goes hand in hand. Some teams is it's strictly to the coach. Some teams are to the player. But for me personally, I like to do it as a whole team, and we figure out what we want. 
to do rather. Is it a like a certain amount of time that a a player is assigned to like a a, a Miami Heat team, or um, is it like just for the season? So it's just for the season. The, the contract's only six months. So uh, the way it works is you get drafted, you, know, you sign your contract, and you're on a, you're on that team for six months. After the season is over, the team can elect to uh, protect you, fr- protect or retain you from the from the expansion draft. And uh, if you're not protected or retained, then you go back into the draft pool and you got to get redrafted onto a team because there's, there's no free agency in this yet. So it's just draft, redraft, prote- or protect. You know, so we can protect up to four play- uh, players um, at a time. So it's always going to be an odd man out, no matter what the case may be. You can find your ways around it where you can get keep out five and by by trading a pick to a team or something like that. You can figure it out. But for the most part, there's always gonna be somebody a odd person out that's that's left out and it's back in the draft pool. And if you're, you're good enough and if they're there for the, you can just draft redraft them. Uh, you know if they're still there at your pick. But that's that's the part that becomes really really uh, stressful for players because they don't know what the fuck is next or what's going to happen to them after the season is over. So that goes back to what I was saying about the. Um, them having bad games and the mental health part of it um, because they're not guaranteed next year. Um, it's just, it's a six month contract. And if you, if you feel like you have a bad game and then you, to you, that could be the end of your world because you're like, Oh my God, you're stressing out about not being protected or retained and you're going back to the draft pool. And that's hell. Now, did you say that? Like how hard is it for you about you wearing both hats? Like, is it solely your decision to keep players or draft players? Or and how hard is it to like, keep up with the players that's trying to get into the league and the draft new players. Yes, it's all me. It's all me. Unless somebody do something crazy and it gets back to like the upper management and then, you know, they'll they'll let me know, hey, this person can't come back because of the disciplinary reasons, blah, blah, blah. And I just got to oblige by it and, and move forward. It's it's difficult to keep up with the players, but the, the, the good thing about the way our league moves is that, well, I'm going to say our community moves rather, our off season is when all the players are playing, all the new players and all the the player the the pros are going back and playing retail and stuff like that. So I don't have to keep up with keep up with what's going on in the Tuka community right now with the amateurs uh, for the most part because it's it's like it's like really really slow right now. So um, when when September come back around and the players are back home and I'm back home and then I can just lock in on it. Um, it's it, it, it's hard. It's also hard, like not thinking with your heart uh, when it comes to this, because you can hold on to a player for too long, and and, and be left in the dust. If that makes sense, um, uh, you you don't want to hold on to players too long on this. You want to move forward, um, get them what they value, uh, move them what they you know trade them what they value is high and not what they value is low. But sometimes it is though. You get you get attached to players and and you you're thinking with your heart. And not as a GM or a coach, and trying to get do what's best for your team. Okay, I appreciate the answer. Uh, this is my last final answer. Since we've been talking about you having two hats in this league, can you basically, you know, tell us like what hat is what, and what do you do in certain hats? So uh, that's, that's crazy because I, you know, I just had to separate them. And and tell somebody what the difference was, but um, for the most part, like when it comes to GM and stuff like that, I got to make sure I got to order all the apparel. So we're responsible by champion. So uh, I got to put in a. I got to make sure get get counts right and and order certain stuff before I even have a team in in place. 
So we're talking about spending like $30,000 worth um, with Champion when it comes to like apparel and gear with no player on the roster at the time type thing. So it's really, that's difficult as hell. Um, I got to do a, do the housing, um, housing situation, um, uh, the rooming assignments, uh, you know, when when I draft players and stuff like that, got to get their flights and hotels and, and, and all this. This is all, this is all GM side right now. It's just all GM side. Uh, Sitting on sponsorship meetings and, and, and pitch sponsors different different ideas that we can do if we bring them in as a sponsor. Talk of esports with the Miami Heat. Uh, when you know Pat, I, when I met Pat Riley was a crazy experience. Uh, stuff like that. Uh, then when it comes to coaching, I got a game plan for a game uh, for about three games a week. I got a game plan for three games a week. Uh, make sure that that these players ain't doing dumb shit when they when they're out and about. Scale uh, practice schedule. Uh, Set up, uh, set up the streams and stuff like that right before games. Uh, it's a, it's it's a lot. It's it's a lot of stuff. Then the days get jumbled. And you know, I had this, this conversation with somebody before that. Whenever once you start losing, once you go on a losing streak, or you lose a couple games a week or something like that, one of these one of these roles get diminished. And it's and nine times out of ten, it's the GM role gets diminished once you start losing a lot of games, and you got to figure out how to get better as a team. So the GM side gets pushed to the side a little bit, and you focus on just being a coach and and try to figure out you know the film session, what you're gonna do, film different stuff like that. So it's 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 it all depends on how your season going on how much time you're going to sit get set it to the side for each each uh each role. Okay, okay. And that was for the that was for the GM and the coaching. Yeah, so so the GM side was all like the the order and other stuff, the apparel and and the flights and the hotels and and the and the housing and then the coaching side is like the game planning for the game, getting ready for the for those games, three games a week uh, you know, setting up the scrim blocks and scrim scrim schedules and stuff like that. So it's 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 a that little pendulum on where you're going to put Fifty percent here, or seventy percent here, or thirty percent here, type thing. So it's you just pick and choose. Okay, so it's good to say, like for the whole season, you you are full hands on. Um, by you wearing these two hats, and this is my last question, man. Man, take over after this. Um, Cause <laughs> <laughs> he say something that that spikes my interest every time. Like yeah. by you having these these two hats, um, do you have a staff? Because it sounds like you are like full-fledged busy do you have an assistant do you have a team for your coaching or your gym side no it's just, it's just me the only thing that i have that uh is a social media manager um that that handles all like all of our social media posts on instagram and twitter and stuff like that uh other than that it's just me because a lot of the a lot of stuff that like say for instance we need like a video edited or a video shot then you know a lot of that stuff is handled by the miami heat uh in, in house but other than that, there's no. It's only I'm the only person. Technically, I'm the only person that's uh that gets checks written by Heat Check Gaming, for the most part. So it's, it's just me, and then my social media manager. He's on. He's a. He works for the Heat, but he's assigned to us to Heat Check Gaming. If that makes sense. Nah, no, I definitely do. Go ahead, my man. I actually got a chance to like, like you said earlier, um, to travel with you to one of the um. Yeah, it was an amateur joint in Dallas. The groundwork that you have to do, like uh, aside of um, just being the coach, like it's it's the, those hours like that, you know. Because I hit you up, I was like, "Hey, you want to go to Dallas with me to this tournament?" Yeah, and I picked you up and we drove, we drove to Dallas, 
we drove to Dallas and we was there for about five, six hours or so to watch people play 2K. And and that's part that's part of it, bro. Like that's all part of it. This that's not it's not written in in, in my job requirements, but to be to be uh, on top of my to stay on top of my game, I have to go to these type of events. Um, you know, there, there's some in Las Vegas, there's some in, in uh, Philly, that's all over the all, all the country, and I got to hit these hit these events just to see these amateur per- people, players in person type thing. So it's all that's all of it, bro. Like, but but you ain't but you don't want to talk about how people knew you there though, huh? No, 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 no. Yeah, you don't want to talk about nah, that though. Huh? I don't remember that. I don't remember. It's that. kind of crazy because he never told me this story. I'm over here just <laughs> gassed out right now. <laughs> you don't, don't want to talk about that. I walk in. So, so when we walk in, right? We walk into the building, and you know everybody know me, right? So everybody come up to me, and you know they shaking my hand and stuff like that. And I be and I was like, y'all, you know, man, man, Groundhog, right? And they'll look at him like, man, man, that's man, man, Groundhog. That's, I was like, that, that's man, man, grind hard. <laughs> and they would literally tell this motherfucker, they'd be like, if it weren't for you, I would never have a grind badge, uh, a grand badge. And man, man, just like, oh, man. I, I was like, no, tell, keep telling him, dog. Dog, that was, that was like, that was the dopest shit ever because, like, like I know I know people going to approach me type shit because, they, you know, they, be, they just want to put their face to a name type shit. But when I introduced man, man, they be like they get geeked out because everybody came up watching Man Man videos, bro. Man, for me it's different though, cause I did everything from like shit at my desk. You you get what I'm saying? Like, and yeah. for me it's a different experience going to an event and seeing like people on the stage compete. You feel? Cause I I never did that. Yeah. Like I did everything from home. You feel me? So. Hey, for me, it was it was a dope experience for me. I ain't I ain't gonna lie. I really I I really want to say I appreciate you for even hitting me to even go on it, bro. Cause I like that's that's on my like my list of shit like that I um I admire. Yeah, that shit was that shit was fucking. That was like so last minute, but luckily your ass was in Houston and we just headed out. That shit was fun as fuck. Cause I was I I dead ass didn't want to drive that bitch by myself. A hundred percent. I ain't want to. I ain't want to. I was gonna go regardless, but I did not want to drive by myself. Nah. So check it out, though. I wasn't even in Houston, dog. When you hit me, I was in Shreveport. <laughs> so, like, bro, I, I think I left Shreveport probably like at four o'clock that morning, and I drove to Houston. That's crazy. Yeah, but I was like, bro, I ain't missing that event, bro. Like, I'm, I'm That's definitely crazy. going, bro. So. Yeah, I appreciate you for uh for that. For a person that wanna get to the league, right? They got they got hopes and dreams to get into the league or they aspire to get to the league. Like that tournament that we went to, it wasn't a league event, right? Nah, that was an amateur tournament. So a a tournament like that, how how do a player get to compete in a tournament like that? Uh by by doing a sit online. You know, you gotta be a part of that the community online and playing a bunch of games on, on online through those tournaments online. And then you can get to that point. Like I think that that particular tournament we went to was a, uh, it was like a, the final four of an online tournament. But they just flew the people out. Um, the, they just flew the final four teams out to compete in person. So uh, I I, I want to I, I remember I know for a fact it was some it was some two K league pros that was playing in that tournament. But one player in particular, um, Rain, who now uh, he wasn't in the league at the time when he was playing in that and. And his team ended up winning that tournament, and now he's in the league and he played for the Pacers. So it's like it's like those type of experiences where you can just 
back then it probably didn't you know we wasn't thinking too much about it but when you look at it now you can see that the type of work that these players put in like somebody like rain that that had to fly into dallas and, and play in that tournament right there and, and his name got big off of it and, and now he's in the league playing for a 2k league team that's owned by an nba team so you you know you you have like ties to to nba teams and shit so it's like a it's like a crazy experience when you when you think about it for real like from nothing to something type shit I want to talk about the money, right? Yes, so everybody know you if you get to the league, you get paid or whatnot. So, yes, sir. Yeah. but could you elaborate on how uh, players can make money, not even um, getting to the league or being a part of the league, but still being able to compete on two K? So that that right there, those tournaments right there, I I, I think that tournament was for fifteen thousand dollars. I'm pretty sure it was. I think I, I think it was a prize pool of fifteen thousand dollars. So the the winners took home like eight thousand or something like that, and this is a this was a tournament that, that was probably like two weeks or something. You know, it was, it was like a two week tournament or something like that, and we're talking about eight thousand dollars for the winners, um, fifteen thousand dollars total. So it, it's a lot of money that gets pushed around, but these are all most of this money come from like the signups, um, like you know all the teams uh, playing in the tournaments or whatever like that. So it's 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 a I feel in my opinion if. In my in my humble opinion, and I've been trying to like craft the 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 exact right way to do this for like three years, and I haven't cracked it yet. But in my humble humble opinion, I feel like a player can make two K their full time job and not be in the league by like especially during especially during like like these pros off season. I feel like they can do it because it's so much it's so many tournaments that's going on, and I feel like. If you do it right with, with wagering, wagering your money and, and winning these tournaments, you can make about four or five thousand dollars a month and, and be good by just playing 2K. I want to touch on the versions of 2K that you spoke on earlier. Basically, the league has their own version of 2K, right? Yeah. So it's not the same version. What did you call it? So we got the retail version. Yeah, that's the one that everybody played, and then we got the league bill. So last year. So last year on season five, um, when when two K twenty two was out, right? So y'all was playing two K twenty two, but when the league bill came out for uh for season five, it was still two K twenty two, but it had implementations like like little instances or little variations for for two K twenty three, if that you get what I'm saying. Yeah. Because two K the so the retail version is made first, um, and then our version is made like two or three months after the retail version come out. How much input do the coaches get on the version of the game that y'all play? So 2K make the game, and then they fly out uh, players to test the game, um, our version, not not the retail version. They fly out players to test the our version, and players give their input on the game, right? So once, once, players, once players move into market, and we have the league build, and we're we're touching the game. So that's when our input comes in on what we think needs to be changed, what we think needs to be fixed. Um, if something, uh, if a build, if we feel like a build is too overpowering, the early versions of it is when we got it got it needs to be said. Um, there, at some point though, they do patch the uh, they will patch an overpowering build throughout the season if, if they feel like. Too many people are using it. Um, it's just doing. It just it, it's it's the next coming of like you know like the six nines wars or something like that. And they they will patch that bill and, and do it. So we we have a say, and, and, and but it's not as much as 
as people would think, it's all about like how the league, how league ops feel about how the game is going type thing. As a consumer, which version of the game do you like better? Uh, the league bill, by far. And I'm 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 gonna say this because um, there's only five archetypes per position to pick from. So it's not something that's too crazy. Like if I I don't I I can't mess up my I can't I can be on a league build and I don't I can't mess up an archetype. You know what I'm saying? Like I can't fuck it up type shit. So it's just what it is. That's that's how it is. So a, opposed to like me making a build on retail and me like messing up the driving duck or something and now I can't get context on it or something like that. You know what I'm saying? So for me, I feel like the lead bill is better. But I did like 2K23 this year. 2K23 to me was good. A lot of people didn't like it. I like 2K23. There is two different versions of 2K, right? So you playing a different version. Let's say a scout. How do y'all judge? Or how do you, since they don't have their version of 2K, how do you know that they'll be able to adjust to the y'all version of 2K? That's the, diff- that's the most difficult part of the job because we don't know. Um, we, we, we just don't know. Uh, you just got to take an educated guess. And, and sometimes you're right, sometimes you're wrong. Um, but that, that's the difficult part. We've been trying for years to get uh, our version on 2K, but it's been, a, it's been real difficult. And it's not something that like, like 2K is against. It's, it's, a, it's, a, it's, a legal, it's a legal thing. Um, so it's not, like, it's, it's not like a 2K thing. It's not like a, a us thing. It's a legal thing. But we want, it, we want the game. We want our version on the game so people can play it and see how different it is. But it's, it's, just, it's just a legal thing. Okay. So you talked about, and this, this is my last question because uh, this is important. You started in the Army, right? And yeah. you said you, you, you worked at the airport. Yeah. So where did you get the professionalism to be able to talk to the coaches and the, the GMs or whatnot for the Miami esports? Because you, you did the interview all on your own, right? Yeah. So yeah. where did that come from? Army stuff, man. Like uh, like the Army, I, I, I can be I can say I, I hated the Army, but the Army has taught me so much uh, how to be a, a better person, a better man, um, how to how to say what I mean and mean what I say. You know all that, you know. So the army, army did a lot for me. Army, army did a lot for me. It did a lot for me and me and my daughter. You know, I joined because of her, and I got out because of her. She didn't want me to. She was four years old, and she told me right, right before I was getting ready to go to Afghanistan, she told me she didn't want me to die. And when she, uh, when a four year old say that, and I asked her why, she said because she saw it on TV that when people go to Afghanistan they die. So when she told me that, I was like, once I'm back, I'm I'm done. And, and so the army army did a lot for me, and I still have friends and friends that I call family that that uh, I was in the army with. So you know, the army, yeah, yeah it, it it helped me be able to communicate the way I want to communicate to to help people that's high on the totem pole when I'm just a little person down below. So looking back in hindsight, when you got that 2K15, did you know? Purchasing that game will get you where it got you now, just by playing NBA 2K. Not at all. I never, I never thought I'd be here where I'm at today, and I'm, I'm forever grateful for it. Man, that's all. That's all I got, bro. Like that's, that's it. Sean, you got anything else? Man, listen, I can go all night, man. We, we got a very <laughs> important guest here tonight, man. He, he knowledgeable. He got his hands all around. And um, I don't want to hold him up, bro. Like we we might have to do another episode with him, bro, because it's a lot of questions I I got for him. Nah, it's definitely mind blowing, bro. Just just I don't know, bro. I just get mixed up even just thinking about because, bro, he hit us with a lot of shit. 
and he did it so quick. It's like, bro, what the fuck? Like, <laughs> but yeah, hey. he was answering my questions as you were asking him stuff. Like, I was like, damn, now I got to come up with something else. But as he talked, as he kept talking, it was just like, okay, he just said something I can come off of. So it's just like, you know, I appreciate the the information, bro. Like, I'm I'm a 2K fan. I always been a gaming fan, even though music took over. Like I tell everybody, to come on here. Like it just a, it just an honor to be in the presence of people that that's doing something that I always never thought would be possible. You feel yeah. me? Because we grew up in these homes where we come from these old school grandmas and parents, and they tell you don't spend you know all your time playing a game yeah. and doing this and doing it. Same thing happened to me when I started doing music. It was just music was a already established business and gaming wasn't, so I went yeah. that route. That's crazy because I got a, a quick story before we go because uh, after my first season, the the Miami Heat was gonna give me an award at uh, one of the games. It was against the, it was against the Seventy Sixers, so they tell me to come back up there for the game. Yada yada and third, so I do right. So I'm in a I'm on a court getting an award with like twenty thousand people watching me type shit right, and um, I'm looking up at the, the jumbotron watching the thing. Then I look down, look straight ahead. And my mom and my stepdad are walking on the court. And I'm like, what the hell? And and I have at that point I haven't seen my mom and my stepdad for some years because I had I had moved away to go to college right after the army. And I right like I think when I was a junior is when I got this when I was a junior in college is when I got this job with the Heat. And so I haven't seen my mom. I haven't been back to Houston in a while at this point in time. So I, I my mom coming up to to hug me and stuff like that. I'm like, what the hell going on? And um, that's that's the day that we met Pat Riley, and you know she came, she came and met him, met him with me. And so we go back to my my place, and she says, she says, uh, man, these people sure do love you. I said, it's crazy, huh? She said, just to think, all this come from gaming. She said, I wish I would have let you keep playing the games more and, and stop telling you to turn the game off. And, and that's that's that that's that that's how every parent is growing up, right? And and then when I talk to when I talk to parents now, I tell them. I tell them don't don't give them give them time to play the game, but don't let them play the game all the time because they need they need to focus on other stuff as well. But they can be here because this is a real profession now. This is not just a game, bro. I appreciate that. I really appreciate that, bro. Because a lot of parents, bro, they miss they miss and they, bro, they have that little esporter sitting right there and they like nah nah get off the game. You ain't and it's like bro. They can make enough money to change your life, they life, and everybody yeah. around you life. Yeah. So, yeah. Again, I, I really do appreciate you um, stopping through and coming through for this um, this episode of Rap Games, bro. Appreciate y'all for having me. Shout out to Sean and Man Man. Hey, man. This has been another ep- good episode on Rap Game, episode seven. It's your boy DJ Young Sean, the Street Source. And I'm Man Man Grind the Fuck Hard. And we out.